Welcome to an episode of Leah and the Internet. I hope you enjoy the show. Leah and the Internet is a podcast with rotating guests who discuss the impact of the Internet on the way we participate in the world. So who is Leah Devon Sorrentino? I'm an artist from New Jersey, living in San Francisco, who's trying to make sense of how people interact with one another. On our very first episode, guest host Harold Burnett helps dissect how the Internet has changed the transparency of morality, how we view and participate in conflict, and the changing landscape of social media and politics. If you haven't already, make sure to follow the show on Twitter at and the internet and on facebook.com slash and the internet. So tell us a little bit about a uh, little bit about yourself, Harold. All right. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, again, Harold Burnett. I'm 31. I have been on the internet for as long as it's been here. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I consumed every kind of wrestling video game, comic book thing I can get my hands on. So like, yeah, I, I enjoy pop culture. I'm a pop culture consumer. I'm a, you know, Pop culture evangelist, I guess, is probably the best way to place it. <laughs> Keep it up the good work. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, pop and uh, how can people find you online? The easiest place is Twitter, and Twitter is just my full name, Harold Burnett. It's like the easiest way. I'm the most active there, so my probably my favorite. Social I will feed. say it's it's a quality Twitter feed. <laughs> the internet's completely changed the way we can view morality of people, especially like celebrities. I mean, there's always been like paparazzi and. As long as there's been a Hollywood or any type of newspaper, community church, gossip has existed. But the internet's created a transparency to people's morality that goes beyond anything that we've experienced in history. And I think that it's really changed the way we perceive and interact with people that we consider authorities. One being Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> I think that... Historically, we've known Mariah Carey as being a diva. Yes, probably one of the first, in my generation anyway, I'm sure Diana Ross would lay claim to. Yeah, or like a a Billie Holiday of of the time. Recently on Vine, there was a situation where she's getting a a Hall of Fame star, and her kids, her two twin (laughs) children, conceived with her by uh, Mr. Nick Cannon. Yes, yeah. (laughs) uh, Really desperately wanted to like just be held by their mother and there's a vine of her like pushing them away and i want to use uh that as a catalyst to talk about how the internet has changed the idea of a dual personality and how originally the internet was this place of anonymity and now it's a place of almost full disclosure complete intrusion you can't have a secret life nothing is safe like, think about, like, Mariah Carey and, oh, Mariah Carey's crazy. Remember that Cribs episode? I do, I do. She had a really famous Cribs episode. Um, Where, like, <laughs> she, like, walked in, you can't look at my bedroom. And it was, like, super creepy. But it, like, created this mystique of Mariah Carey. But, like, since social media has happened, I feel like the onion continuously gets pulled back. Yes, yes. And that's happening to, like, a lot of celebrities. I mean, what did you think when you saw... Like, well, it was to me. It was on brand because I remember years ago. Maybe, it was on brand from from Mariah because like three or maybe four years ago, um, there's this Reddit thread called and you know it's called Reddit cringe and it's just these cringe inducing videos and there's a video of Mariah not wanting to be shot on her left side and it's very subtle but every time the camera pans she turns to get to like her good side it goes on for like ten minutes and I remember <laughs> being like wow that's like I'm sure she has such a deep seated like you know I mean she's been in front of us for twenty years I mean almost all my life I remember Mariah Carey. On yeah. TV performance. So like. I remember when I was a kid thinking that she was like the most wholesome, oh, yeah. kind. You saying on brand, I never even thought about it that way. Like I thought 
people would see her being like really dismissive of her children that everybody was going to actually be offended yeah. or grossed out. I didn't even it didn't even dawn on me till right now that people were like that's so Mariah. Yeah, that is a Mariah. Like the it, the spotlight's about her. Like she has worked hard and she has worked hard, but like her her image is like chiseled in like granite now, and she does everything to protect it. Like you know, it's very yeah, tough. I I guess I didn't even think about it as like a tool to like propagate. <laughs> This kind of like queendom, because I remember when her and Nicki were uh, Nicki Minaj yeah. were on the what was it uh, American Idol? Yeah, and there was all this. The only I never saw the show yeah. while they were on, but Me I either. saw all of the content online and thinking they really painted Nicki Minaj as like uh, a menace, and Mariah Carey is crazy. And I originally was thinking like, oh man, they must be acting ridiculous on the show, but I didn't even like take into consideration that they might just be acting like their persona. I, I mean, yeah. I started this by saying about this idea of transparency, but maybe this is all a big plot that I'm not even thinking about. I mean, like, and again, maybe I do have my tinfoil hat on a little tight when it comes to, like, celebrities, but Mariah Carey is just, she's always been there, and she's always been this, like, model of, like, perfection, like, her perfection. She's always there. She's always sleek. She's always in something that, like, you know, like even at Subway. Remember, if, um, maybe two years ago, she rode the subway to like. Oh yeah. She she sold out Barclays or some performance in New York, and there's this shot of her on the subway in like the black like uh, gloves. That yeah, she was like form. she was like she was going to like the Met Gala <laughs> yeah, or something. Exactly. So it's like she always seems to be like someone who's like super conscious of her image, like in every phase. Even yeah, if means I, her kids out there. I wonder how she like because I haven't seen and I looked for like some reactions from her based off of that Vine video because it it went incredibly viral. I saw it in the morning on yeah. Vine and then like by evening it was on Facebook, yeah. which means it went through the whole... progression. Instagram, it hit Twitter. It <laughs> yeah, it's a BuzzFeed. <laughs> then like it's on Facebook and. I was thinking, I was like, is she morally upset with herself that she is portrayed as kind of a villain? Yeah. Like, I saw that as how, like, these, like, needy children, like, grabbing yeah. at her. Yeah. They want and... the person they love that they may not see very often. Like, you know, know, you can write the story in your head instantly. But... And then it's like, well, where's Mr. Cannon? Yeah. Like, could, yeah, I know that they're not together anymore, but, like, there, there was just, like, this absence. <laughs> and it, like, led me to think about, and then now that you say this, the how every celebrity actually all of us have a brand yeah. now to protect online Absolutely. or to bolster or create and there's some people who were like pre-internet had a brand yeah. and the internet is starting to like put so many kinks in the armor like you can think about like bill cosby yeah. is is done that's it like yeah. he he might not lose his legacy entirely but he'll never be unclean yeah which he, i mean he shouldn't be no. But this recently happened with Hulk Hogan. Yes, who, like, I mean, it's so hard. Like, for me, I've been watching wrestling, you know, a couple breaks here and there, but, like, all my life. And I, I was born in 84. First WrestleMania is in 84. Like, the ascension of Hulk Hogan. You were, you were conceived yeah. during a WrestleMania. Like, only. God, wish my mom would have did a solid for me. But, yeah, so it's just, like, one of the things where Hulk Hogan has just been in my life. And he's gone through multiple, like, you know. Personalities gonna, yeah, and like, changes. But he always had, like, a particular image. But I thought of him... At the core, for some reason, as a family man, even when his weird daughter, like, infiltrated <laughs> yeah. the world, I did not even know that the man had a porno. And <laughs> yeah. this is where the internet controversy started. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess this was in 07. He, Please um, don't pretend like you don't know the yeah, details yeah, I was of the porno. No details, I seen it, unfortunately. So he's, <laughs> he's friends with a famous, a famous-ish Florida radio guy called Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge's wife wanted to have relations <laughs> with Hulk Hogan. So they do that in their house. Hulk Hogan doesn't know he's being filmed in the act. 
and like so that's Shut up. Oh, yeah so that's oh, the actual so, that. yeah so that's his best friend at the time's like wife that he's having sex with in that video which just adds layers of weird yeah like people kinda... are so weird <laughs> and they've been weird before the internet yeah. but i feel like yeah the internet has been the spotlight now yeah so that's, so that's kind of the backstory to the sex tape so the sex tape has been out there in the world we all knew about it yeah, he, yeah. i've been i i mean like i didn't know about it until recently yeah. when the internet like unfold like like the onion of mariah yes. carey <laughs> We're in a point in our life, and Dan Savage actually talked about this once on his podcast, Savage Love, where I wonder as like a collective, uh, when are we going to decide that we're going to forgive past discretions? Because yeah. the internet will bring to light any past discretions. Yes, absolutely. And on the flip side, when the internet also can hold people culpable for yeah. the things that they've done yeah. that they could at, at one time hide. So... What happened to yeah. Mr. Hulk Hogan so, with so, this very prominent sex tape? Yeah, so, so the sex tape comes out, Gawker posts it immediately, because Gawker does Gawker things. That's just kind of, that's <laughs> their brand, if you want to keep on that topic. So um, Hogan decided to sue them maybe six months ago, and that's when the National Enquirer, I believe like Radio Online, did investigation, which, whatever that means in internet age. But yeah, they, like, <laughs> the idea of sourcing and the yeah, internet, I, I never... Check to see where yeah. the source is. No, nah, not at all. Like, the first link I see and read, that's the story to me. I'm not digging <laughs> through links, and it's bad. I should. I should find original, you know, it's like a Reddit thing. I always want the original source, but now there's no original source It is anymore. so hard. It's so easy to deflect it. But the one thing that the internet does provide, unlike print material, is video. Yeah. And... So, yeah, so this video, and, like, the joke people have been made, so it's not, I can't take credit for it, that no one has ever finished the tape. To get to the real bad part, because after their act, they're laying in bed having pillow talk, essentially, and he goes on a racist diatribe about his daughter who's starting to date, like, a black guy down in Florida, and he's he's dumped some money into her music career, and, like, he feels that this guy is just, like, a terrible influence, and he drops the N-word a bunch of times, and it's it's uncomfortable to hear, well, to read. We haven't heard it yet, as of now. Here's what, there's, there's a lot of things <laughs> yeah. that blow my mind about this. One, why would they continue taping... I have no idea. After I, the sexual... Yeah. I mean, there's the question of why you would tape to begin with. And in 2007, Hulk Hogan's way past his prime. Yeah. Like, this is not the Thunder Lips no, no. era. Yeah. This is not And he's Hulk actually, Hogan. like, at that point, he's probably he's in a little exile from the WWE. Like, they have kind of had a, you know, off and on relationship. And this is one of the off parts, so... Like, yeah, so that, yeah. that already <laughs> is troubling of, like, why somebody would search this out. At what point... He didn't know the entire time? He, yeah, he did not know it was filmed until it, the, the film hit the internet. Like, he did not know he was... I think the camera was hidden somehow. Like, he did not sign up to, like, do this act on camera. But the, it was released in 2007. Yeah. So, it's been in the wild for seven years. Yeah. Right? It's I mean... Eight years. Yeah, yeah, eight years. Almost eight, eight years. years. And again, it's like, you know... I went to art school. I'm not yeah. that great at math. <laughs> but is he mad now because the leak... Of the racism? Well, I, because I, it seems like we were fine as him as a sexual yeah, deviant. Yeah, and he had been welcomed back into WWE's arms at the, you know for the last couple of years. But I think he since the lawsuit against Gawker, I think Gawker kind of, in some way, either let this slip or like this was their gambit. Like, hey, Hulk, I know we, we you know we know you're going to sue us, but here's this other thing that could completely like ruin, ruin your, your career. Like, and I wonder like the timing of it. If yeah. you really think about everything that's going on culturally in America right now. Would we have been this angry if this all was leaked offline? Yeah. Like, if, you know, like if we couldn't look at 
like this prominent figure that like so many have dictated like so much. I mean, think about how big the WWE oh, yeah, is yeah. and how how big he was. Like he's been yeah. that you know it's been he had a restaurant him. at the Mall of America, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Pasta Mania yeah. or something crazy. TV like shows, that. movies. Like he is like you know he's childhood for a lot of people. He's childhood for me. Like, yeah, there's so many people our age and like skewing slightly younger who have tried to imagine that we were living in a world that's yeah. post racism, and here is this like iconic figure that. Like solidifies, nope. No. Nope. Like everyone you love, yeah, is a bad guy. Yeah, absolutely. No matter how many, like how many times you watch The Wire and love it, there's still like these, <laughs> yeah. deep seated pockets of racism. And Hogan was front and center. And you have to think, like you said, that the I'm assuming that the WWE is like parted ways. So yeah, so the, they they tend to be very extreme with these kind of things. So he got um the 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 reason this kind of boiled up is like in the middle of the night on a Sunday night he got deleted from the website. You couldn't buy anything, Hulk Hogan t-shirts, no nothing, DVDs gone. They took him out of their digital hall of fame. And, and this is before the news dropped. So people started digging like, well, why did WWE just, yeah, just completely just wipe bounce. clear of this guy? Like, and then, it, you know, the story kind of progressed. That's the risk in this, in this <laughs> yeah. new world about having, uh, you're a spokesperson, you're a role model. Do you think moving forward, like on the topic of the internet creating transparency mm -hmm. into people's personal lives, recently there was a weight loss man who yeah. was the, the the quintessential Trump card that Subway restaurant yeah. uh, restaurant was a really yeah. bold well, term, right? But, there. but they appreciate you saying restaurant. <laughs> I'm absolutely certain of that. Like, like some PR guy just did a like fist bump in his office. <laughs> <laughs> but the, like Jared from Subway was the claim to fame yeah. of of why this was like a healthy, positive mm -hmm. brand for yeah. your life. And he just got caught with child pornography. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was such a weird way that the story developed. Because at first it was just like, the FBI is in his house seizing things. And the minute, and like, we're all savvy enough. The minute you see an FBI agent walking out with a computer, it's always bad. That was it's the first thought never, I had. Yeah, there's never a point. Like, yeah. you're either into like something horrific yeah. or you're embezzling and you're horrific. Yeah, absolutely. We're like moving into this point where I see things like this. I don't understand the perpetrator's motive in a world where you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have a digital trail. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned this before we were recording the other day that is this the end of brands attaching themselves to individuals? Like, can we rely yeah. on anybody's morality? And I think, of course not. We're all awful. Like, like <laughs> they, they, you know, like, I mean, every, from now on, every spokesman will be a digital created by enough people to spread out any kind of blame. You'll have a team of artists and a team of writers and, It'll be like cultivated, like just perfect. So that way there's no leaks. There's no real person. Yeah, behind. I mean, like, remember, this was pre-internet where the Burger King had a physical spokesperson mm -hmm. that was like the Burger King. And I think yeah. that he got caught with child yeah, pornography, yeah. which what kind of screening is going on <laughs> yeah, like, in these scenarios? I guess it's one of the things where like, as long as the suit fits, they just kind of look a blind eye. Like, will you wear this hot suit for 12 hours a day? <laughs> yeah, like... I don't. <laughs> I, I think about like... With the child pornography, I mean, like, it, child pornography is so tied to the internet. Yeah. It's, and it's something that, like, since its inception, I feel has been the, at least authority-wise, the most aggressive yeah. when it comes to trying to take, for absolutely yeah. just reasons, <laughs> trying to take them down. I can't imagine, like, knowing, like, knowingly being a public figure and thinking, I will get away with this. Yeah. Is it because, like, culturally, 
I mean, like, do you think it's because it's culturally we've put people up on this pedestal to where they think like a Mariah Carey, where I can do whatever I want, a Hulk Hogan, I can do yeah. whatever I want, even to the point of Jared, who is just a, I mean, like, maybe he waves yeah, at the Olympics or something. Well, well this like, is the thing where it gets even dicier. Like, he has, like, charity foundation and stuff. He's, like, the head oh, of, like... like Armstrong. Yeah, exactly. I didn't even think about so, that. So, yeah, so these things, like, I think they're, they feel they're insulated from it because there's all these layers of, like, red tape for them. Like, they are yeah. president and CEO of Jared Inc. And he just... Well, and if you, you know, think about, that. like, the Sandusky. Yeah. And I feel like when that that's the horrific assistant coach for Penn State who was caught with years of child abuse that was being hidden by the university and by the coaches and everybody that was around Penn State for some reason. That, like, the internet was prevalent, but social media wasn't as infiltrated as a communication tool at that point. It still went huge. No one's ever going to forget. Like, if you're, especially a college sports fan, like, that is... Yeah, it's it's like in the first paragraph of any kind of description of Penn State still. Yeah, but, like, to tie it back to this Jared character, you just said character. He's, like, an actual person. Yeah. I wonder, like, what kind of... Like, the Burger King king that disappeared. Yeah. I don't know that guy's yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. I don't know anything no. about him. Like, we will learn everything about this. And is it because, as a society, we're interested in the justice of it? Or is it the celebratory takedown? Definitely, like, and, like, the only way I can put it into context, this is, like, the second half of, like, a Law & Order SVU episode where, like, <laughs> they got the guy and it's all about, like, dig it, warming in and, like, pulling yeah. out all the Dad, really Dad. bad... Yeah, exactly. This is, like... Before the trial where they're just gathering evidence, which is like TV talk for just like going into his like den of like, you know, deceitfulness and grabbing it all. That's where we are right now. Like, it's just Yeah, and like everything attached to it, what do you do? There's no real other, like Subway is not really like a, they don't really have a lot of movement as a, like as a restaurant. I said it too now. So, but it's like, there's nowhere, like he was like a great point for them because he was a normal guy. He wasn't like supermodel handsome. He was just like. Yeah, it was just like, like we are an aspirational place. And if your aspirations are eventually to run a child pornography ring and because you're tethering yourself to a person, like there's really no way to protect your brand. But the internet has, I think that it's created a lot of content and excitement to learn about like the disgusting parts of people that we once idolized or at least admired or thought of as moral people. Because we all of a certain age remember the internet as like an anonymous place. Something like Ashley Madison can can ex- first exist. Yes, which um, I was and not for, sure. For listeners, honestly, I didn't... <laughs> I thought that Ashley Madison, which what it is, is a website application that allows you to have an affair. Yeah. Uh, it's it's literally geared towards adultery. I think like their slogan is like, you only live once, yes. cheat or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it facilitates like, you know, someone to be like married or in a relationship and also cheat. Like that is their primary yeah. goal. I originally thought it was fake when I saw it. And then I never thought anybody would actually use it. it they advertise too much. I always felt like if you wanted to cheat, there's avenues that are like not like billboards on the highway. <laughs> like right? that's what they have. Like they have a big presence. So recently there was the leak of every all their users yeah, yeah, all yeah. their they user got information they got hacked and where i think that we're starting to become accustomed to seeing celebrities or political figures or anybody of any type of notoriety have their business yeah. put out yeah it kind of comes with the t- we assume it comes with, the, with territory. the territory like well this is like the trade off yeah. these conversations that Ashley Madison has created are a whole other level because it makes you question 
people that you care about, yeah, yeah. like coworkers. Yeah, like these these conversations are happening in like the bedrooms of homes and like houses away from the city. Like that's yeah, a I scary read a, thing. I read an interesting article on BuzzFeed where a girl contacted her ex boyfriend after she looked up yeah. his email address and definitely saw yeah. that he was there and kind of went through this whole like rehashing of emotional trauma of being cheated on because now it's like this really public. Yeah. There's a trail. Thing. I mean, it hit some celebrities like Josh Duggar, and there was like that the, those people that are famous on Facebook, Sam and oh yeah, God, I can't. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Two Christian couples who yeah. very Christian. Yeah. And his his name ended up on the list. Yeah. You know, my question for you is: Will the internet push us to a new morality because of the visibility of our actions? Yeah, I mean, we're in a tough spot where it could go either way. We, we could, like, kind of regress back and kind of, like, close the door. I feel like it's going to go the other way where, like, there's... We share so much already that, like, it is a literal snowball for me where, like, I mean, I see people share, like, pick a weird hashtag on Instagram and, like, you'll see people sharing, like, pics from a funeral of, like, their, like, <laughs> dead grandma. So, like, that's the Ashley Madison thing kind of felt like, you know, this ball that kept rolling and it was going to be, like, we're going to share more and more of it's going to be, like, out there for us to touch. What Ashley Madison showed me is I think that we're all have for a long time agreeing to a false reality. We're assuming that most of the people we know are good people. So good people don't cheat. Good people don't drink. Good people don't neglect their kids. And I think what the internet is starting to do is show that like people that you associate as good people or people that you love are like deeply flawed. Absolutely. And I almost think like what's going to happen is that these things are going to keep becoming more prevalent. And what if eventually we lived in a world where n- not conforming to monogamy yeah, is like normalized in is a way. No- yeah, like like it normalizes all of these. That's the perfect yeah. term. Like it normalizes all these behaviors to where they're not taboo. I don't know if like the internet would actually create. I feel like it's in its history has not created a restriction no, to there's, things there's no police force you know there, there's no like yeah. governing body like, and like right now what what we're all relying on is that we're policing ourselves yeah. but now that it's getting down to this like really granular level it's like regular people yeah. who are being exposed for their behavior online does that mean everyone's going to change their behavior yeah. like no no of course not people still, like you know we're like we're creatures of habit and, and the internet and social media especially is just let's part of our habit like if you tell me the first thing you don't do when you wake up is pick up your phone and see if you missed anything, like you're lying. I do that. I do it every single morning. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I call it phone time. Yeah. I like literally lay in my bed. I wake up early to have phone time. And it's great. Yeah, <laughs> like, I feel caught up on the world then, but I do it. There's a lot of curation that happens. I don't I don't know about you, but like I'm very conscious. No, I know. Like you were saying that you don't do selfies. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's a personal preference. I don't. In your mind, selfies have a connotation, Absolutely. right, to the people who Absolutely. do them. Where, like, for me, like, I stopped posting that I think is going to start a Facebook conflict. Yeah. Like, if I have to hear a bunch of, and here, yeah. if I have to deal with the notifications yeah. of a bunch of people <laughs> commenting on something that I'm lukewarm passionate about, yeah. I stopped doing it. I stopped doing updates of, like, what I'm eating or, like, where yeah. I'm going because part of it's like, I don't want to be that transparent. And then the other part is, well, my life is so online right now. And I don't necessarily want everybody to be a part of my life. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a way to, I mean, like, it's it's awful to say, but it's a way to exclude some people. Sometimes you don't post that photo from that, like, restaurant you're about to go to because you don't want to invite your friend who lives down the street from it. Like, yeah. it's, it's a conscious thought sometimes. Like, you know, you're I out. mean, <laughs> you just think, of, think about, like, Facebook's privacy settings and how specific they've become. Yeah. 
Like you could have a closed invite, you can have an open invite, you can have an open invite, but other people can invite friends. You can really get to the point where you can post something and exclude this person, this person, and that person. Yeah, you can hopscotch over the people you don't want to see the content you have. And let me tell you, I use that shit all the time. (laughs) Absolutely. It's your garden. It's your Facebook page. You know, it's not a democracy. It's your garden. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It is. That's what I believe. It's 100%. Well, but that's why it kind of blows my mind when somebody uses an application like Ashley Madison where especially for something that you're trying to hide and will it just get to the point where we're either going to just not try to hide it and accept that that's a part of our reality yeah I mean it it might just be something where like you know it's when you introduce it's like your LinkedIn profile your Facebook page and your Ashley Madison (laughs) account like just kind of like here is me and maybe my Amazon purchase history just to get all the demons out of the way (laughs) before we even have dinner for the first time that way you know what you're getting into and like no one gets lied to (laughs) the internet with all of its transparency maybe we all move into this ultra transparency and like even though we enjoy being able to segment ourselves and kind of create these identities that maybe this becomes a scenario where we're actually like really free everything that we feel and think and do somebody can discover for themselves and like we don't even have to be vulnerable to present it you can just Search it. Yeah, yeah. No, social media becomes like the, the world's biggest nudist colony. You know, just so like <laughs> whatever. Here is all of me all the time. Like, yeah, do what it what you will. Yeah, and it's like you have to deal with looking yeah. at this sag. Yeah, like this is me every day. Like I woke <laughs> up like this. I literally woke up like this. <laughs> so thinking about transparency and people's motives, there's also a lot of visibility to people having conflict or aggression towards the way people behave. People have always had conflict. Internet's not new, no. uh, and that. Like, has not created a new horde of conflict. We can think of the Cold War, like <laughs> Soviets versus Americans, or in the 90s with a rap, East Coast yeah. versus West. But I think what the internet has done is it's created a personalization to conflict that we all get to participate yes. in. Me and Harold are from the fighting city of yeah, Philadelphia, yeah. and I'm really <laughs> excited to be actually recording in Philadelphia with him. But the internet provided a point of social news that reiterated to the country that they hate this city. Because apparently destroying a hitchhiking robot (laughs) created by Canada is like the worst thing that Collective City can do. And I feel like there's so much conflict on the internet that it starts to become one-to-one that this was really a chance for the world to come together and fight with Philadelphia. So... (laughs) Harold, you brought to light something about this whole story that I didn't know until today that I think that's really important yeah. to put into context. So, so, so kind of the, the, the weird thing about the hitchhiking robot, the, well, the smoking gun at the time was this video of the robot being just like brutalized. And it was, it was a perfect video. It was like grainy, security footage style. The guy who did it had an Eagles jersey on, which was the <laughs> ultimate like turn of the screw as if we needed like one more thing to be yeah. like, you know, angry about. And so, but then a few days go by, we find out that that video is fake. We don't have actual video of the death of Hitch. Hitch I, hate to, I hate to humanize it like that, but you know, I'm sure the Canadians are still lost. But yeah, there the video that we thought we saw that was a couple YouTube prankers who thought they could just it was genius. I mean, like the video I saw at the gym on news like the next day. So that so that part of the you know that part of the story is completely false. Like the, the robot did get destroyed, probably by like who knows what, and like who knows if it was even a Philadelphian. Like I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tourist city, <laughs> yeah. folks. Old City is where people congregate from around the world yeah. to see the birth of democracy. Yeah. 
why I thought that this was an interesting way to like segue into talking about conflict on the internet is like a couple things that you just highlighted the fictitiousness yeah. that, of conflict like this was an orchestrated video about a non-human being <laughs> being destroyed within a city and and we, we just touched on this a, a minute ago about sourcing yeah. that no one checked the source of this youtube wow. video that got to the point where i'm sure it was on the action six news oh yeah absolutely i saw it at the news at the gym like the you grainy know, you know fake grainy it's fake grainy like the, and you know. it's like conflict has gotten to the point where it's almost hard to take seriously online because it's such entertainment. It's all geared to entertain yeah. you. It's something that everybody can rally around now and, and take sides and feel like passionate oh, yeah. or compassionate about. You know, it was so funny seeing the duality of my social media go from like Philadelphians being, get a grip, yeah. this is a robot, <laughs> to the rest of the world speaking about like the humanity of the city of brotherly yeah. love. And I felt like it was one of those times where it was a conversation that people were having, not because they gave a shit about the robot, but yeah. more like, are we allowed to have nice things? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that was the, you know, that's always the uh, the common refrain. Like, this is why we can't have nice things. Like, that is always the, like, housing for any kind of big tragic event, if you even, you know, like, call it that. It was just, it, it's just strange that we were, this was, like, the ultimate, like, you know, this is, like, the great story. It's, like, this Canadian company builds this nice robot <laughs> to go hitchhiking across America he gets to the evil East Coast and the evilest city ever, Philadelphia. Like it was, it was just perfect. It was storybook in, in the way it was framed. Pennsylvania, yeah, like, it was just like storybook in the way it was framed. So there was the leaked pranked video. There was the new sensationalized story. There was the robot itself. But what became way more entertaining to me was the conversations that started happening, like via Twitter and yeah. like via like Facebook, other social media platforms. Before I like go into a whole diatribe about like how conflict has changed based off of Twitter, I felt like the sensationalization of the hitchhiking robot was very similar in the sense of like Cecil the lion in Africa that everybody like this outrage that people can feel for things that are not human. And that there's I feel like that there's a spike in addressing that conflict because of how conflicted we are as a society right now yeah, towards yeah. like issues that are so much bigger that we can't necessarily grasp how to handle those. So we take all that energy and focus on, not that it's like, you know, in the terms of the lion and the robot and the Tin Man. Yeah. And the, <laughs> Everything else, everyone else on that trip to yeah. your hearts and to, you know, to, wills and wherever else. Yeah, to the, to the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Not that none of those things are important or should be addressed or thought about, but the real conflict that's going on, even with the mobility and the access that the internet provides, I feel like people are still having a hard time discussing Absolutely. and really getting to the root too. Which leads me to like the, the fixation on the transformation of personal strife that happens. And everyone talks about cyberbullying yeah. as if bullying didn't exist if people weren't mean before the internet. But I think like my favorite insight to conflict that the internet has provided is through Twitter and specifically like rat beefs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like rat beefs have made this, this trans, it's not even a weird transition. I was going to use that word. It's not, it's been this natural transition. It went from like Biggie and Tupac who both died because there was conflict between the East and the West Coast. Like, these guys yeah, like are gone. Yeah, like real death. Yeah, like they were shot and killed until like we've like graduated to like you know, there's been a couple side eye situations. Now we're on Twitter where we're just, we're beefing on Twitter. Like, <laughs> it's just so, like, those guys are rolling over in their graves at the thought of a Twitter beef. 
what specifically, like, I think that both of us want to highlight is the Meek Mills Drake Twitter fight, which I was really thinking about how much money this conflict has probably driven for producers, Absolutely. for the record industry, for the artists themselves. Harold, provide us a little backstory. Yeah, so, so <laughs> Meek Mill is a, a Philly rapper. He's like the quintessential. He's our Rocky in a way. Like he was, <laughs> like, like, like there's video of him 16 or literally on the corner rapping against older guys and like being this like great prodigy. And so like, so um, he just came out of jail. He did like a stint in jail, like about a year and a half. Him and Drake collaborate on, an, on either a song or an album. And the song kind of falls a little flat. So Meek Mills gets on Twitter and he's like, I kind of wish Drake would have promoted this on his social feeds a little more. And so that's kind of the genesis of this beef that like, <laughs> Meek Mills is kind of upset. Like, that, you didn't you didn't talk about our song enough. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Like, that's kind of like the genesis of it. Drake just like, he wanted Drake to kind of, because Drake has a bigger feed. Drake has already yeah. made that step into pop culture. He's not a rapper. He is an entertainer. And like, Meek Mills is still a rapper in a way. And they're kind of in this like, you know. They're different weight classes. Yeah, well, essentially, like, you have a social media presence, and Drake's social team is so sharp that it's, I guess I get it. Like, you almost take it as an insult that you wouldn't leverage that muscle in in respect of this collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. But Drake's got to, in a way, Drake's managing his brand. Like, he, like, Drake has never been, like, the quote-unquote hard rapper. Like, that's not, like, Drake doesn't rap about, like, selling a brick on the corner. Because you can't when, yeah. like, you were wheeling the chair on the TV show. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah, you've been an actor for, you know, 10 years of your life. So it's just, it just was like, like, Drake, I think, you know, Drake was never going to come and bring Meek up to a point that Meek was going to be, like, torn, like, you know, stadium. Yeah. Like, like, Meek Mills is like, like, if this was a rap battle, if they had to be on a corner somewhere, Meek Mills would have been a legend. He would destroy Drake and Drake would disappear. But it didn't happen there. It happened on the internet. Drake's home field, you know. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the mix of my sports metaphors and like, analogies. <laughs> And, and he lost, I mean. Yeah, Meek Mills put out songs that were supposed to be, like, insulting to Drake. And Drake essentially just, like, made memes of himself laughing at Meek Mills. And then what's interesting about how this conflict played out is that everybody could be a part and take yeah. sides. And at first, I remember when they launched, I felt like a little bit of the internet was almost on, like, Meek Mills' side. Because yeah. they assumed he's the harder dude, he's yep. tougher. Like, we went back to, like, what we remember. Like, bigger is stronger is better. And then I feel like Drake's fans actually won this conflict. Like, that he it's almost like a true war where, like, the, the two people who are the heads yeah. of the countries of Meek Mills yeah, and Drake yeah, Drakeville. didn't have to go to battle. It was the armies of people that knew them yeah. and... Drake's army's bigger. Yeah, a lot bigger. And, like, I mean, this was this was kind of strange because, like, Meek Mills really, like, tried to hit Drake hard. He was like, Drake doesn't write his own music. And that's, if this was 10 years ago, that would be a big deal. Because as a rapper, you write your own songs. Like, if you were yeah. told me Biggie didn't write, you know, I'm sure he didn't write a lot of his stuff because that's just yeah, it's a, it's like, you, like I, I thought, like, remember that interview with Jay-Z? Uh, I think it was with Barbara Walters. Um, <laughs> where she, she was like, what's your writing process? And he's like, I just go to the mic and I talk. Yeah. You know, or I rap, and I remember thinking like, "Wow, like all this just comes out yeah. of you." Like, and yeah, you're right. Like back in the day, if somebody was like, "There's some dirty white guy writing," yeah, like you all just... these raps. So when Meek Mills went that angle, I was like, "Whoa, who cares?" And that, it was a collective internet shrug, and I, I think Meek thought he had a knockout blow, and it kind of just missed Drake completely. Like people were just, "Yeah, of course, he, Drake's an entertainer. Drake's not a rapper. He is an yeah. entertainer. Like he's made that transition over, and like." Again, this came at a time where a lot of people started criticizing 
like I feel like you you saw the the rise and the fall of the Meek Mills Drake yeah. fight. It was very entertaining to people for a while. Then people had a serious opinion on it, and then people were like, "This is an unnecessary distraction yeah. to bigger things." And you saw people like within the celebrity community and other areas where it was almost like, "If you guys keep this up, it'll go from profitable to unprofitable." Absolutely, people get exhausted. So let it go. Yeah. Um, and I think that there was another Twitter beef. I can't even believe that I'm using yeah. this as like oh, yeah. a term <laughs> between Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. That Nish. happened pretty like like pretty overlapping. Yeah. The longevity of that was much shorter. And for for the backstory, uh, I don't know. It seems like you know more about these beats <laughs> than I do. I but from my, do. <laughs> from my understanding, uh, Nicki got slighted in the VMAs. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly. And to really break it down to what she was saying is a black woman got slighted in the VMAs, which yeah. has been a, a historical problem in general. Yeah, absolutely. This is not like a new thing. So Taylor Swift felt that she was being called out, which, in fairness, Taylor, Taylor Swift is normally called out. Yeah. I mean, Nikki subtweeted Twitter. She used something to the effect of like, you know, skinny white girls or something. She used, she threw a direct yeah. shot at Taylor Swift. So Taylor Swift started arguing back, which was actually interesting about this conflict online compared to Drake and Meek Mills, is that where I feel that Drake and Meek Mills were diluting other more important conversations that were happening at the time, the Nikki Taylor Swift conflict became this discussion about women against women, yeah. race, it got so much deeper, so much faster, and then went away so much yeah. quicker. And I don't know if it's because it became one of those things where we were actually pulling at the heartstrings of things that people care about. I mean, what did you think as you saw it unfold? Yeah, it was strange. I mean, I think it definitely became uncomfortable to talk about because Nikki pulled this conversation to, towards race and towards like, you know, body shame. And like, she was like, Hey, listen, I don't look like every female artist, and that may be a detriment to me in my career. And, like, Taylor Swift is, like, the very definition of, like, the, you know. Yeah, I mean, she's Hollywood pretty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like her, her brand her is Her new Hollywood. video of a Hollywood, like, Scarlet. I get it. Yeah, and it's so tough because Taylor's so young, so you're like, what is the callback for her? Like, this is definitely her team, like, hey, Taylor, we should frame you in this way. Like, it doesn't feel like it's authentic at all, even though her, her whole base is like she Taylor Swift is her she's out there with a guitar yeah simple country girl like just trying to make her way in life but, <laughs> but she's yeah you know, she's not that she's a pop star now essentially it's not this one white skinny girl's yeah. fault that thicker I don't even like using that I know, term me either. I was trying to think of a way I just, yeah, I just skipped I, out I definitely well imagine. yeah like like a more voluptuous black woman can't unless you're Beyonce Who's like seems to transcend time, yeah, space, yeah, and reality? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know what the race of Beyonce. Beyonce might just be a race now. I don't know if she like identifies <laughs> black or white. She might just be Beyonce. Beyonce, like, yeah, like like you check that off on the form. Yeah. But like, I can understand. Like like Nicki Minaj is often fetishized. She's de- like downgraded. She is talked down to. But she's an incredibly articulate, strong, artistic woman. Yeah. Much more than Taylor Swift. Not not that Taylor's not. I think that that conflict created more of a like you're saying an uncomfortable yeah. discussion, and I feel like Taylor's social team was like shut it down. Yeah, like like this is not going to get us back. Apologize. On <laughs> like yeah, it's not going to get us back. <laughs> like, yeah, on I mean, like that's what it is. Like Taylor's got to look out. You know, like this album's already out, successful. The tour is successful. She has to progress to like the next thing. She's got to like angle it so it's like a smooth takeoff and a smooth landing. Like it's yeah. it's probably like it's gonna it sounds corny to say it's probably really hard to be Taylor Swift because it's like 
management from the minute she walks out the door to the minute yeah. she goes back inside. Like, Where I, Nikki does have the room to be more herself yeah. and more real. Even at the the VMAs this year, <laughs> she had like which the internet exploded yeah. with this fight. Very minute. I don't know how to. I don't know how to frame it. Yeah, she had like. I mean, she had like a Kanye moment. She got on stage and was like felt slighted by Miley Cyrus. Miley did an interview with one of the New York magazines and. I guess through, you know, through shots. I hate even using that term because yeah. it's just like so just bad. But yeah, and Nikki felt offended and didn't didn't do the thing that like a Taylor Swift would do. She didn't pull her aside and talk to her back behind stage. She got on in front of stage millions of people. And, yeah, on the internet and like called her out. Yeah, called her a bitch. Yeah. And this is where we talked about it a second ago where conflict has moved from a purpose to is it just entertainment? Does that make Nikki, who's a strong intellectual woman, look like she's defending herself? Or does it create this situation? There's so much turmoil amongst race. And I, w- I, wanna, I don't want to say right now. I think it's become more visible yeah. right now because of the internet. Where is this a moment where you think like, oh, she's perpetuating a stereotype? Yeah. Or is it a moment where Nicki Minaj is like, no, I don't have to perform for white people and I'm pissed, so I'm going to call this girl out. Are these the proper venues? I couldn't believe that NPR's story about the VMAs (laughs) was like, essentially, don't watch them, but this was important. Yeah, like you need to know this for the conversation at the the water water cooler. cooler. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's where we are now. It's a very strange moment. The internet hasn't just made visible conflict between individuals. I think that Twitter as a platform has made... Like the individual like conflict, this gladiator arena again, where we all get to jeer Absolutely, and cheer yeah. and thumbs be up, involved, thumbs down, instantly. you know, be clever yeah. by tweeting at. But then there's also the visibility that the internet has created to external conflict, like Ferguson protest, you know, Black Lives Matter, and there was, and then, but then that becomes memeable. Absolutely, instantly, almost. And there was like one meme that I feel, as a fan of the band. <laughs> You brought to my attention that happened during Ferguson, yeah, like so the was, recent protest, yeah, yeah, because right? it, we were we had just passed the year anniversary of, of Mike Brown's death in Ferguson, Missouri. So there was a lot of you know the protests they've been going on all through the year, but this was like a flashpoint. Like people people came into town because they wanted you know they're still angry. People are still hurt by what happened. Yeah, because there's been no resolution. Yeah. <laughs> But there was one girl, like, you gotta tell this yeah, story. Yeah, so, so I, mean, I'm, I don't even want to say her last name. It, it begins with a K, and I'll, I'll mispronounce it, but her name's Lexi, and there's this image. The first, I was, you know, I work overnight, so all the West Coast stuff, internet-wise, kind of happens throughout my work night, and I saw this image of this girl, you know, she's like, she's like early 20s, like, you know, 20 or 21, and she's in a Fall Out Boy t-shirt, she's in, like, you know, hipster glasses, <laughs> and she's standing in front of the police. Like, there's a line of police, because the protests are going on, and there's, the, you know, the natural animosity that's going to happen when people are protesting and police are trying to protect you know the actual infrastructure of the city and um she got interviewed and she said she's there but you know she'd rather have anything being thrown or beat she'd rather, she'd rather be attacked than the police she feels that the police have yeah. been like kind of put down and they're like you know she and for her it's been framed that the police are david and like these protesters are goliath now which <laughs> which is so my yeah which just instantly like piqued my interest and I mean, we've talked about so far like a brand and you think about, I didn't know that this meme existed, but shortly after this picture went viral and people started creating meme images yeah. out of it, uh, what were you, you were telling me? Um, a couple some of my favorite ones was just the, the girl Lexi and you, the image is very striking. It's just her, the hands at her side. She's in, you know, she's standing in front of police, but the image I saw was like her leading the Imperial March <laughs> with the, uh, like Darth Vader behind her or her protecting like Pokemon. It's just like, it's, 
the way the photo was taken, it's a big wide shot, so you can Photoshop it like crazy. Yeah. What I started seeing on BuzzFeed a lot was quizzes about Fallout Boy yeah. and information on Fallout yeah. Boy. Fallout Boy was had a height of popularity. Yeah. I'd say two thousand six. Yeah. The, they hit the cover Rolling Stones. They did the big studio, the um, big stadium tour. Like they did the yeah. Jay Z rap collaboration. Like all the things you needed in mid two thousands to be like <laughs> yeah. at the top of yeah. your game. But since then, they have waned yeah. significantly. They have like. Apparently a very dedicated fan base yes. of 19-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. There's the visibility to this conflict. There's this token of, like, what's wrong with it. And then there's Fallout Boy. <laughs> yeah. Previously, before online interaction, we didn't have visibility to the inner workings of, like, protests. We didn't have, the like, the in real time updates that Twitter provides yeah. us in Vietnam. Absolutely. Like we couldn't be active participants. Also, these things get abstracted. We talked a little bit before we started recording yeah. of what does Fallout what's Fallout Boys politics? I mean they're now being associated yeah, with this like, you know, girl protect the police. And it's weird because Fallout Boy, their roots are in like the Chicago punk scene, which I doubt that like that's, you know, the beacon of, like, pro-police, yeah. like, propaganda in a way. Like, I thought they were, like, you know, rah-rah, go police back in the day. So. And it's also, like, I always thought about rock and roll. Yeah. Like, yeah. in my day, rock and roll. But I always thought about rock and roll as, like, the the song of the people. Like, yeah. the, the protest music. The You think about Woodstock. Yeah. You don't think about conservative yeah. morality and pop punk, you know? Yeah, and no. has it transitioned that... I think like remember when hip-hop was just starting and then there was a turn around like late 90s early 2000s where hip-hop actually surpassed country music yeah. in sales like it was and if you were a hip-hop fan like i remember like really noting that like oh, yeah. wow this has changed like are these things now are bands like fallout boy or one direct, like one direct. The fact that you can't name like, like you said, Fallout Boy. Like, we're like at a loss. Like it's the Foo Fighters. There's like no rock yeah, bands left. Like, like, and and there are rock bands, but like everything seems so manufactured. Yeah. And because like rap is so much about the individual, and like they have their own individual voice, I have no idea what the individual members of Fallout yeah. Boy feel, <laughs> and it could be conflicted. Is this the fan base that yeah. they want? I associate Fallout Boy, Hot Topic, and now conservative. Yeah, like conservatives. Yeah. What? Yeah, the cross section go like the the graph has been like balled up and thrown in the trash now. Like you couldn't draw a direct line anymore. I feel like this meme shows, aside from like highlighting the new way that we engage with or fetishize <laughs> conflict, it also shows like like nobody knows yeah, what's going on. And you can feel that with this confused young girl with her conflicting t-shirt versus her heart versus her head. Like you said, like it became really memeable that nobody knows what to do with all that real emotion and real scariness that we got to attach it to Star Wars. Yeah, no, yeah, Star Wars are some something that's like a little closer to us. And if it was any other shirt, like if she had like, I don't know, like a Rolling Stone shirt on, like like there was never a good shirt for her to wear without her getting destroyed. If she got her bitch, she had like a Wu-Tang shirt on, that would have just Oh the, my. <laughs> the think pieces would have just been out of the door. Like, you know, people could just Yeah, and like like I wonder if it creates like a confusion. I I think about bands like that. And I'm going to include Wu-Tang yeah. as like a yeah. band. You, you know, all of these They've happened long enough 
that it is like a Rolling Stones. Yeah. Or like, like remember in high school, you'd see people wearing Pink Floyd t-shirts yeah. from our age. And I'm like, I don't know nothing about yeah, no Pink exactly. Floyd. Yeah. No, me, me, but me you either. saw that and that was like the, I know that this is your way of showing me that you think outside the box. You're different. Yeah, You're absolutely. not like everybody else. That's because, like, when we were in elementary school, high school, middle school, all of that, like, we didn't have a curated platform no. to indicate what my interests are. Yeah. But you had to use, like, that iconography yeah. of, like, it was your t-shirt. Backpack. You know, you had yeah. patches on your bag. Like, that was what you, you know. Like, your, your stickers. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, what you. Yeah. Because we can associate all of that, like, rhetoric to that iconography and then juxtapose it onto a Ferguson protest. Yeah. It's like, what do we even do with this information? Yeah, no, it, it was really tough to like the actually process and hold it because it's just so like so malleable. It just like falls out of your hands every yeah. time you pick it up. And you said that like the longevity of this meme was like really short. Uh, it, it flashed out like like by the time I finished my my uh, shift around six thirty in the morning, it had kind of already crested. Then like she she got interviewed by like Complex the next day, but by then it was just like you could just tell it was out of gas. Like it wasn't going to reach the heights of like you know. And I think it's because of. <laughs> how compact the conversation yeah. like how deep and thick the conversation yeah. is to like it can't carry on i think that we're still the internet's an infant and we act like infants on it yeah. and when we're asked to be adults on it our emails get found in ashley yeah, madison like, yeah, exactly yeah we start de de deleting tweets as rapidly as we possibly can we start blocking people like you know we try to close it off yeah i think about like how many times where i'm writing a curse word out yeah. on my twitter and i think it's going to be so funny and i'm like ah oh, but what if my mom yeah, sees it, yeah. You i'm 31 know? should i be cursing on the internet in public like yeah and <laughs> like should, like does that does that make me look bad yeah absolutely with all of the the conflict that's happened and all of the political turmoil that we've kind of seen unfold really at its height over the past two years because like social media for the past two years is has really gained momentum yeah. in its infiltration into our lives the one thing that I'm not looking forward to this season is the election. Yeah, deep breath, and, everybody. And thank God for the Twitter mute button and the Facebook unfollow. Yeah. Because every social media platform has exploded with political content. But now it's all being geared towards like these figures. Yeah. Like we've been dealing with like political content. Everything's political. Yeah. I mean, shit, everything. Yeah. Since I've been alive, there's been like you know, political like you know mashing of the heads or bashing of the heads, if you will. But now we get to take these really important, like literally, it's the most important thing that yeah. can happen, like collectively as our country when it comes to um, our government. Yeah. It's the like the presidential election, and we have some real characters right now online: Trump, Hillary. Bernie, Chris Christie. Don't forget about like like Christie has been a treasure trove of. Uh, There's so many like Republican Muppets that like I can't <laughs> that are so ludicrous, and and I I say that coming from a, I went to art school, liberal yeah, as, yeah. as the day is long. But even like the liberal candidates are the most memeable. Yeah. I'll start this conversation off with the Trump cat. Donald Trump has done a lot of ridiculous things. He's he's having a moment like like he this is his thriller like we are like getting the most <laughs> Donald Trump I think I've ever had in my life he's always been a guy who like you kind of especially like we're so close to Atlantic City yeah. like Donald Trump has been part of our lives for as long yeah. as we can remember but and so his ludicrous behavior is no surprise yeah. to a 
a Philadelphian or a, an AC native yeah. as myself. But people in the Midwest are finding out who Donald Trump is and all the like all his tentacles and all his opinions and it's just it's been wild. It's been ridiculous. Like So yeah, I just briefly mentioned Trump Cat. And what Trump Cat is uh, is a website where you can put a picture of your cat and then put Donald Trump's very famous comb over on top yeah. of your cat. Now, of anything on the internet, Cats have really made a run. Cats are the ruling body still. Undefeated champion, 15 years at People least. People in the physical <laughs> world might say they love dogs, but on the internet, it's it is cats. cats. Yeah, every single day of my life. And here's what's so scary, and I'm going to use the word scary about this. <laughs> Trump is leading in the Republican polls. Yeah, at his stance now. And I think it's because the internet is making him even more of a celebrity than... Like, every inflammatory statement is not being looked at in the context of a, of a world leader, yeah. it's being looked at as a Trump cat. Yeah, it's a guy who's an entertainer. Like, Trump has had TV shows, like, he is an on-camera personality. And, like, people laugh, like, I, I've talked to some people where they're like, oh, well, I hope that he gets the Republican ticket because then the Democratic yeah. will def- Democratic candidate will definitely win Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, like, politics don't work the way we think the way we think they work. Like, sometimes being the most popular guy gets you elected. Unless you're I, George W. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. But think about this, like, remember when the governor got elected? Yeah. How big is that economy, Harold? Oh, God. Well, at the time, it was it was in the top 10, like, in the world. Not, in the world. It, yeah, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was running It's it. the most populated state <laughs> And it's one of the largest, country. you know. It is huge. <laughs> All of our food basically <laughs> yeah. comes from California, yeah. and we entrusted it. With the man who was in Total Recall. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah, but, you know, not a guy you want running anything. Like, he wasn't the mayor of, like, San Francisco or, like, San Diego. Like, he was the entire state. He's like, governor. Yeah. So every time I see these, like, you mentioned a meme of Trump before we started recording. Um, it's like night- a super cut. Someone edited together. Because I guess he, like, during one of the debates, he was kind of nodding. And they said it to the, like, I'll say Night at the Roxbury. It's that so SNL okay, sketch. Is yeah, love? exactly. Yeah. And it's just Trump. Like, the way they cut it, it's just him doing the dance the entire time. And it, that got shared all over my feeds. Like I yeah. Like three or four times. I day. have, like, aside from his, like, inflammatory statements and memes, mm. I have no idea what Trump's platform yeah, same is. same here. Like, and I think that I'm a... Both of us are a little biased mm. because we understand, like, the decimation that the man has contributed to mm. within Atlantic mm. City. We know him as a villainous character for a long time. But the fact that people are eating up these antics. The fact that he could be in a debate and come out as the star. Who knows if he was the winner, but he was the star. Absolutely. And it was on TV. And he's, you know, it was like, it was in his field. Like those other guys are politicians. They talk in front of a mic for two minutes and walk off. He's like on TV all the time. Yeah. And, and if we think that like, this is only an antic that's being done by Republicans, Hillary Clinton's Kanye West, Kim Kardashian (laughs) selfie to me is the same level of, I mean, like, Hillary's memeable. She's not on the Trump level no. of memeable by far. Yeah. They understand that the low, like lowest common denominator, which is where I was going yeah. with that statement, <laughs> isn't fair. But that we need to bow down to popular culture. And you you said it best, like the Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, Hillary selfie. I remember when I first saw it, and I was like, "Hey, girl, yes!" Yeah. Like that's yeah, like absolutely. that's immediately what I thought. Yeah. It's not even because Hillary was in it. No, not at all. Like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm a fan of Kanye West. I saw him first. I was like, oh, look at Kanye. You know, Kanye yeah, look at Kanye with, with like that that white and yeah. brown girl. That's yeah. cool. And then I was like, oh, his wife and presidential <laughs> candidate. Yeah. 
Miss Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> like, and it was so strange because like she like in a in a weird way like she needed that. Like Kim and Kanye, they're at their peak. Either exalt like whatever way you feel about them as people. Like they don't need. There's no more elevation. They can't go any higher. In theory, they can't go any higher. Like <laughs> Hillary needs. Yeah, like Hillary needs to like wrap her legs around like their ankle as they drag through the mall of like popular culture. Like it brings Hillary up. Like Hillary needed something like that. You know. Yeah, and I just think like here is a world class diplomat, one time Secretary of State, has gone through many foreign relations, solved the two, and was like, let me get a selfie. Yeah, let me yeah let me get a selfie with two of the people who are like and a lot of, for a lot of pockets of the internet they're detested. People don't like Kim Kardashian. People don't like Kanye West, but they're popular and like you know yeah Hillary needs the popularity. Well, right and now. it was so interesting seeing the conflicted like I feel like with Donald Trump. Everyone loves to hate him. Yeah. It's a consensus. Like everyone is like like enamored with despising this guy, which could win him the election. <laughs> Where Hillary, it was like, and I feel like this is not just because she's Hillary Clinton, but because it's a woman, because of the, her and Bill Clinton's relationship, and like Monica Lewinsky and everything. Like Hillary, for for better or for worse, most of the time for worse, gets dragged through the mud. Yeah, she's the killjoy. She is yeah. the killjoy. Like... And here she was trying to appeal to a younger audience who was like, no, well, you're supposed to be a Democratic candidate. Yeah. Why are you taking... Like, everybody turned yeah. on her for this, and it's like, it doesn't work every time. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, to your point where you were like, oh, that's a nice picture of Kanye West, <laughs> a very interesting thing, again, the, the VMAs, I have to say, are not important. No. But what happens online for the VMAs, I mean, like, how many people actually probably watch them live? Yeah, 10, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, like, you know, viewership has, like, fallen through the years. Because it's had peaks and valleys of, like, being important to us pop culturally. But where I'm going with this is, there was somebody who announced a presidential candidacy <laughs> for 2020. Yeah, I mean, man, like... Uh, Mr. Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye West got up there, and, like, I still, it, like, it speaks to how little, like, I, I view this content, like... I've only seen the vine of his announcement. Apparently, the announcement came at the end of like he got an award. So this is like a you know a Kanye diatribe, and at the end of it, he kind of like punctuated with like in 2020, I want to run for president. And the internet went nuts. Uh, <laughs> my friend Emily Ian like photoshopped Kanye on like uh, Mount Rushmore. Like I sent her a thing like this is your new ringtone, <laughs> and it went from like really funny to pretty serious. Right quick. Yeah. When you got political analysts saying, well, let's see where he could potentially poll is when you, your head just falls off. Like, yeah. Like, people were, like, analyzing his politics yeah. and, like, what could he do for the country? And what's so... And it literally just dawned on me right now. <laughs> it's 10 years since Katrina. Yes. So the coincidence of it being 10 years, the last time that Kanye West was incredibly political oh. and that, like, I felt really moved the country... And he has in many ways. Like, I, I can already hear the onslaught of, like, what about 808 and Heartbreak? Yeah. And what about... Yeah, we... Kanye West is a true genius, an amazing yeah. man. He'll be the first one to tell you. Yeah. He's <laughs> the entertainer, one of the entertainers of our time. One of the thinkers of our time. I won't even just, like, yeah. water down the entertainer. But when we all realized how powerful Kanye is as a person is when he called out George W. Bush for not caring about black yeah. people as they drowned in Katrina. And 10 years later... Here he is, this iconic <laughs> yeah. figure that has like transcended from at that time rapper entertainer yeah. to just Renaissance man of of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't no, know I, how to explain no, it. Absolutely, way. and that's how he would phrase it. Like he doesn't want to be called an entertainer or rapper. Those are those are. He's the, an artist. Yeah, yeah, to him, those are the glass ceilings he's trying to punch through with his fashion and his like you know his thoughts. And 
then he announces like a, a presidential and like 2020 that is not long from now no not at all and a lot of his fan base could uh, you yeah, know it's funny to say there'll be a voting age probably by then they may yeah. miss out on this election and be burned and be upset and like you know kind of like kind yeah. of could rally a base and i like remember when obama was running and like beyonce and jay-z yeah. attached themselves to um obama and it's like that i cannot imagine didn't have any type of influence yeah. or impact on that election because our celebrities are our gods, yeah, and when the gods say, <laughs> yeah, well, like they, they tap the next person who's next in line, like that was, you know. I mean, would you vote for for Kanye West? <laughs> like, it, like, it, like I'm so far away from it. I'd be like, I like to see his politically. No, no, I would not. I am like, I, like I would get in that booth and have a moment of clarity, and my mom <laughs> would be like looking at, like looking at me, like just in my mind's eye, and being like, "What are you doing? You're being an idiot." Like she, it would just completely. The, the fun of it would instantly drain out of me the minute I stepped behind that voting booth. But the one thing that he would have edge over every politician, and to bring it back to the yeah. what we were talking about in the beginning, is his life has been so transparent for so long that what dirt could they throw except for his yeah. novice um, political history? Yeah. And that's something that Trump's been using as his, like, that's his propping him up. Like, he's not a politician. People love to hear when someone's not a politician. Even yeah. though, good or bad, politicians do get some things done. Not enough, but they get some things it done. It also, it, like, blows my mind. I remember when Obama was yeah. running and you would constantly see, like, well, George W. was somebody I felt like I could have a yeah. beer with. And I was like... Yeah, I could have a beer with a lot of assholes. Say, yeah. like, and I'd probably have a great time. Yeah. I hosted a whole wing night with a bunch yeah. of idiots. None of them I want to see for yeah. president. Yeah, absolutely not. No, I wholeheartedly agree. As a big Kanye fan, like, of course not. Like, no. And I would be so interested. I, I would think of it as, like, a giant piece. I could imagine him doing a whole campaign... And then, like, actually at the end, not running. Absolutely, yeah. Getting and then the dropping re- an album yeah, for yeah. free on SoundCloud. Yeah. And, and, and about it. And people, and like, I mean, could you imagine, like, the like the rally scene if Kanye was doing, like, the whistle stop tour on, like, some train coming into town? Like, it'd be great. People would follow, like, they follow, like, the Grateful Dead. Yeah, know? a performance of his at the yeah. Iowa State Fair. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, I would go. Of course. I would have to see it. It'd be a moment. It'd be an absolute moment. I mean, like, I saw one article where it was like, no, nah, I was high. And I was like, yeah. I feel like... This man has been entirely too calculated. And this is where, like, I kind of go back and forth of, like, would I vote for Kanye West? Where it's like, I know so much more about him because of the internet than I know about any other candidate because they're shrouded in secrecy. And all of his funding would come from him. It wouldn't be special interest. No, he wouldn't wouldn't know anyone. Once he, if he would get into office, he wouldn't have any favors to pay back. He would be, you know. Yeah. uh, It's a scary thought. It's such a, like, it's such a scary thought. And it, it could be our reality. Politics since the internet, I think, and I think this is the election where we're really going to see a change in how people think, how people vote, what people know about a candidate. I don't know if it's going to increase voting. I don't know if it's going to increase turnout. Um, but it will increase, I think it already starting to, passion. Yes, 100%. I think the candidate that nobody knew... <laughs> Until yeah. this presidential election, really, is uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders, man. Yeah. Like, you know, already, you know, crowned president of Facebook. <laughs> like, already, like, won that like months ago for me. Like, I, you know, this guy gets he averages four to five shares of an article a day in my little. Yeah, pocket. I mean, my unfollow button has been on fire, and it's not even because like I'm uh, opposed to his politics. I'm, it, it's it's inciting people. He has become 
People say that Obama was our first social president. Yeah. If Bernie Sanders gets the Democratic nomination and eventually yeah. the presidency, he is truly the first social yeah. president. Like I feel like he was made in a laboratory and then just given to Facebook. Like I don't know if he was born so much as like created. Everybody is either the guy is really Teflon and is really as good as he's saying because if anything can suss out negativity, yeah. as Jared from Subway knows, yeah. it is social media yeah. and online presence. Yeah. And it's been months now. Yeah. And he has been tarnished a little bit. And I think that this shows also the the conflict between white liberals and and everybody else (laughs) is Bernie Sanders and the the mashup of Black Lives Matter. I don't even know how to talk about it. And it's hard to get your hands around, even like, because the Black Matters as a a collective, like, the whole idea is that they're just kind of like, they're kind of a mass and they kind of move on like as, as a unit but then there's like dissension it's like any big thing yeah there's all these like talking heads there's people who aren't even attached to it who get interviewed on cnn all the time and so it's, just, it's really hard to get a like like you know they don't want to have leadership because they don't want to have the bureaucracy but black lives matter kind of needs a, a little better framing or like i hate to say put them in a box i don't want that like i, I enjoy yeah. what they're doing but it's it's hard to get their message across when there's just so many disparate parts just like kind of attacking and then you, they recently have, a, a t- and I think that there's been some resolution yeah. since, like, but Bernie Sanders was speaking publicly, and so, uh, organizer from Black Lives yeah. Matter uh, interrupted him during a speech, and the way he, he did not visibly act like a diplomat. Yeah. Now, maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing, but he was pretty much disgruntled at this interruption, allowed the interruption to happen, yeah. was attacked. By no. they, they bum rushed the stage to use like a award show terminology. Like you saw a lot of memes from people who supposedly are supporters of the black community, where it's like Bernie Sanders already knows Black Lives Matter. That's why he doesn't talk about <laughs> yeah. it, and like you know things along those lines, where it's like you know Black Lives Matter way to shut up the only person that's supporting you. Yeah. Does Black Lives Matter need a white male to be their white knight? Yeah, like, absolutely not. Is it so much about them realizing that are people mad because they're not trying to partner with it? Because that's what like I, I have found like contentious with when I've yeah. talked to any Bernie Sanders supporter is that I feel like he's not running as a leader. He, I think his whole platform is at a partner. Yeah. So thinking that he needs to be a leader for black people, no. Yeah, like well, that's just as dismissive as... As everything that's already existed. Yeah, and it's, and it's so frustrating for this organization because, like, you know, like they, they're, 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 we're still in the, like, I know for a lot of us, it's like, oh, well, Ferguson happened a year ago. But for these people who live there or live around there or have family, like, it's it's every day for them. Like, yeah. some, someone walks out of their door and sees the spot where Michael Brown got killed. And, like, I can't imagine putting myself in, like, that spot and having that anger still, you know? Well, and I think about it like, I mean, you're a black man in Philadelphia, you're in a major city that is working class. I mean, not to put you on blast like that, but, but no, absolutely. there's this constant tension and it's tough because then you hear people that are supposedly your allies who are essentially talking down to you. Yeah. Not you particularly, but, yeah, no, but the, like... Yeah, the general. Yeah. And then there's people, I've, I've got rid of Facebook friends and they probably don't even know her because they just, like, like during the height of all these protests, there's people just using terminology and just being like, and it just like, I just, instead of engaging them because it just wasn't... It wasn't going to be productive to have those conversations with that person because they think that way forever. I'm their friend, not their friend, doesn't matter to them. So I just, yeah. 
I just had to just do the quiet, just, you know, you know, we're no longer yeah, Facebook the, friends. The fade out. Yeah, they're just like the record ends and you go off on your way, I go off on my way. Like, yeah, you know? ghosting originated on Facebook. Yeah. Ghosting did not originate yeah. out there. Like, like, I get that people are doing it at parties now, yeah. but like, Facebook's the first time where you knew that you could like not be friends with someone anymore yeah. and it not be a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And, and I'm sure come election season and like, you know, there'll be more people being lost. To the you know Facebook either. For well, me. I think that this is what becomes difficult for me when I think about politics and social media and the internet is that it hasn't transformed politics enough that people aren't having critical conversations about it. It's still very much I'm talking at you, Absolutely. and I feel like that's what was highlighted with the Black Lives Matter Bernie Sanders conflict is you're talking at this situation yeah. and how you're a hero for the situation. Bernie Sanders is a hero, but we have not collaborated. No. So I'm going to come up on your stage yep. and I'm going to disrupt this conversation. Yeah. That's the discussion that I don't see on social media. Yeah. And I don't think that people... And that's why I use my hide button with politics and that's why I start to become really dismissive because I'm wondering... Like you said, Bernie Sanders is like, if, if it was tomorrow, yeah. Facebook has elected that man. Absolutely. At least like, in our world. Yeah, I, yeah in, in a landscape. Maybe that's just my feed, but like that's just what it you now. I know, and now. it's so subjective. And, and that's, that's, I think, where I'm getting at, is that politics is still so incredibly yeah. subjective because of the algorithms that are built in to our online yeah. social media and because of what we naturally, we look, com, that's how communities function. They look for like-minded people. Yeah. And I have to, like, there's sometimes where I try to do reality checks with myself. I don't know how often you do this, but, like, I'll go to someone's page or I'll go to a page where I know that they're going to be saying something yeah. that's, like, off the wall to me. And, you know, for that, oh, yeah, I'm seeing this, like, very rose-colored, you know, yeah. vision of politics and the world because my friends are mostly educated, um, mostly liberal, yeah. mostly even artists. So they have very like-minded opinions. And then I'll go to like the other side where, especially after living in the Midwest for five years, it's pretty easy to go to someone's yeah. parents' page or someone's like mother-in-law yeah, and see oh, yeah. a Confederate flag cover photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for me, the, the moment, this happened, I guess, a couple of months ago when the marriage equality bill got passed. My Facebook feed, it was like a 12-hour party. Like people were posting, oh. it was a ball. But then I got on Twitter and followed a couple hashtags and just found that like, that's right, they're... Not everyone's happy about this. I, I had that experience with the Caitlyn Jenner hashtag, <laughs> okay. mm. where I was like, I was like, yes, we all love being yeah. transgender, <laughs> yeah. and we're happy. And then I'm like, ooh. And then when you see like a 19-year-old, yeah. then when you see the fallout girl in front of the police, and you're like, oh. Uh, like, like, even young people are, is like, you know, we thought young was like wild and rebellious. But like, <laughs> young people can be conservative too. It's nothing wrong with that, but it's like, hard. it's shock. I think that... This is going to be an interesting political season, and we'll have to, you'll have to come back yeah. on the show and talk about the aftermath yeah. of everything that we're seeing now as we're, like, the gears are starting to turn, and will social media dictate our president? Yeah, oh, it's a scary thought to think that. Will I get my Kanye 2020 t-shirt from Amazon this week? I hate to say that. That was the first thought I had. I was thinking of, like, the poster, because you know he'll design a great campaign poster. Oh, it's going to be great. Like, like I don't know. <laughs> Instead of, like, hope change, it'll be domination. Yeah. Like... <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> thanks so much, Harold, for joining me today. Uh -huh. You can find Harold at Harold Burnett. That's two T's. And thanks for listening. Make sure to continue the conversation on Twitter at and the internet and our blog at leeandtheinternet.com.
Also, congratulations to guest host Harold Burnett and his new wife, Felicia, who were married on September 5th. 